We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast is brought to you by Aspers Casino Newcastle, home of the Mags £4 pint. Available on all draft beers for all NUFC home and televised games, 12pm to 12am. Over 18s only. Visit BeGambleAware.org. Be drink aware for details and T's and C's. Visit AspersNewcastle.co.uk. It's your True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle embarrassed at the Emirates 4-1 to Arsenal away on Saturday night. Here to dissect what the fuck happened. It's me, Charlotte, joined by Cy Campbell, Ben Wade and Johnny Greenwood, special guest. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, we're recording morning after the night before um pretty terrible game pretty awful first half um certainly um Sai, that looked like the performance of a team that draws home games with Luton and Bournemouth are we are we just average now are we not that good we're not class um in a word yes sort of <laughs> um maybe not average but we're not we're not one of the top four sides in the league by some distance. And I think that's uh, that last night was a kind of reminder of uh, of how far we are from that in terms of consistency. Um, Arsenal are, are streets ahead of us. So it's, it's a really funny one to try and get... I don't want to get too carried away uh, about losing it at the Emirates. Most teams are going to go to the Emirates and lose this season. They're actually in a really good run of form. Um, coming into this, we were worried they'd scored 22 in the last five games. Like it's This wasn't a, a good time to play Arsenal anyway. Um frustrating because we were starting to hit a bit of form and our away form has actually been really good this year um so it's it's disappointing that it's it, it was as bad as it was um but yeah i think it is a bit of a reality check i think we have to remember that um last season we finished fourth and actually the last four times we've played arsenal we've won twice drawn one and only lost the home game last season although you could argue that we only got one point from the from the league games against arsenal last season so we're doing better this year <laughs> we beat them um yeah it, it's it's a real funny one because i just don't think I, I didn't think the drop-off would be as big. We all started this season thinking, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. We've got Champions League football. We've got you know um, a squad that might be able to handle that, but it's going to be tough. And we can't expect to get anywhere near the top four and manage all those other competitions. And we just didn't want to believe it, did we? We wanted to believe that we could we could still fight on all fronts and that we'd done enough in the summer. And this is probably about as bad as we could have imagined it in terms of <coughs> the league form just isn't coming together and it's starting to look like we're going to finish like between 8th and 10th. Um, which someone has said is absolutely fine, given that we got fourth last season and it was ahead of schedule um, and the Champions League group and everything else. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, yes, we are. We're, I think we're, we're not a top four side. And I think that the, the players um, that we that we have in this squad did brilliant last season. They were playing above themselves. And there's some questions around last season. We won games like this um, from intensity alone, from wanting it more. And we didn't see any of that last night. And I'm sure there's reasons we want to get into about why that was, but um that's the most worrying thing about this i thought you know a better team will beat you on on their day um and that's okay but the intensity and the lack of kind of wanting to win the game was the most worrying thing about last night because it felt a bit half-assed so i suppose that's that's where i'm at i think that's the thing isn't it like maybe we didn't go into that game expecting to win but i didn't expect to see the performance that we we saw and and there were all these previous mitigations but they don't really work anymore we had a reasonable bench we had options we have not got tired legs we're not playing three games a week Ben what did you make of it yeah I mean that that first half was as bad as I've seen Newcastle and anyhow um and size point about who the com uh, the, the obviously opposition were um obviously they're in great form and, and they are a tough side to play but I don't expect Newcastle to go there and kind of wave a white flag from minute mm -hmm. one and and get 
pinned back in their own final third for basically <laughs> 45 minutes yeah. of the game, which is what it was. Um, we've got better players than that. I mean, for fuck's sake, Bruno Gamares has been uh, kind of hailed as potentially going to Real Madrid and that they'll come up against teams that are, are going to kind of uh, c- come and put pressure on them a lot more and, and they should be able to, to, to react to that better. And at least on the pitch, I think the decision-making, they should be able to work out how to beat a, a high press when... <laughs> when you look up and everyone in front of you is marked, <laughs> like don't pass the ball straight. <laughs> three players around them. Um, I think as well you, you've got to look at. Um, you, you, you kind of mentioned about the options on the bench. I mean, we've we've talked about it a lot about the, the state of the midfield at the minute, and it's it, it's not fair that we've we've got where what I, I think I, I said like last time it was like eighth choice. They're probably like fifth and sixth choice midfielders that that we could put put out there, but they they aren't. I mean, it's a seventeen year old playing his his first proper season. And then Shaw Longstaff, who game is not about he, getting he on the there, ball. He wasn't there, was he? <laughs> oh no, he was. He, I, I think he showed his face a couple <laughs> of times. But um, no, it's just that they're just not qu- equipped or technically equipped to play in a game like that when you you, you literally have two or three players around you all the time. Um, and it made it, it kind of exposed a, f- a few people. I think obviously, um, I think the defense. I mean, we were all talking about it in the podcast as the game was going on. The defense just looked exposed because. All of a sudden, Shaw and Botman, who we've, we've all hailed as they're incredible on the ball, looked very, very shaky. Were panicking, kept giving the ball away, um, and it just wasn't what I expect. <laughs> Newcastle this far along in, in the, the journey, we're a Champions League side this season. We shouldn't be going up against a, a another Champions League side and, and looking so bad. Um, so it was re- was really frustrating. I think we did get better in the second half a little bit. Obviously. Um, that there were things that we tried. I mean, we got into their half of starters. I mean, that was huge. Massive. I, I literally was fist pumping <laughs> when uh, Isak went through and, and didn't get his shot off, but he did later on. Um, but it was just, yeah, that I think it shows the levels and, and I suppose we'll, we'll come on to it. But I guess that's <laughs> one of the things how I think probably needs to be wary of is that we look so far off the top three in terms of um, being able to go away from home and, and put in credible performances. I mean, you think about we've, we've had batterings now at, at Liverpool, Arsenal and even the Man City game we literally didn't lay a glove on them Spurs as well yeah. and Spurs we've got a batter as well so there's there's, there's concerns there um, and yeah it was, a, it was a bad night yeah it was a really bad night I can't really disagree with anything that's been said so far I think Arsenal had a bit of a bee in the bonnet I think you could tell that <laughs> after beat Newcastle beating them in November and they had mentioned it in his post-match yeah, thing, didn't he? Which of course. Bizarre to say, oh, we, we had a bit of revenge on, on the mind. It was like months ago, yeah. man, like, get over it. I, 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 feel like, I feel like Arsenal fans are a bit of a different breed when it comes to sort of situations like that. But you can't disagree with how good they were. They pressed from the high, the high press. We just couldn't cope with it. It was almost when what we've been accustomed to with Newcastle United and Eddie Howe Newcastle United. And it's, been, it's great to watch when you put teams under pressure. But we could not get out of our essentially our own half for yeah. the whole game and it was just so frustrating to watch I, I don't think we really made three passes unless Fabian Sher and Sven Bott were passing to each other and that was literally about it and then as Ben rightly says we'd try and make that pass into midfield and either the pass was a little bit weak or Longstaff was guilty of losing it Bruno had too many players near him and he had to play it back it we just couldn't get out and it was just suffocating us and it was really difficult like I do take Sai's point about the fact that it was a bad time to play Arsenal in terms of the Premier League form but they had just lost in the last minute in the Champions League. You might have thought, actually, can we actually have a go with them? And if it's the first 20 minutes, if they're not up for it, Man City have just beaten Bournemouth and Luton have just beaten Luton. They're in the title race. But we just they just they look like a team that were in the title race. They look like a team that actually know we're gonna smell blood. We want to make sure we're still um competing. But for Newcastle, it was just a calamity. Like like I was thinking of the Benny Hill Benny Hill theme tune <laughs> at some point because it was it was literally like that. It was just really deflating to watch in all areas of the football pitch. I think for me, it was just, it's this like complete lack of intensity. You you touched on it there, Si. It was watching the, particularly that first half and and yes there was a there was a little bit more we got we got in our, we got into the half in the in the second half and and there was a little bit more um urgency and some some of our subs came on and, and we obviously managed to claw one one goal back eventually but that and i am talking about the, the first half what the hell like was the plan because we we showed no bite, no spice. This is a team that was praised for their shithousery only a season ago. Um, less than, 
a season ago because we were still doing it right up to the end of the season it it feels like all of our spice and all of our um like uh, appetite, flavoring, uh, f- flavoring. <laughs> yeah just just anything what's the word i want like all seasoning seasoning yeah all of our seasoning the, the sean long stuff the bay leaf we um <laughs> it just felt like there was nothing there was no there was no want there in that first half and i don't understand what the plan was um Agreed, agreed. Uh, It's a funny one because like Johnny says, uh, they they were way more up for this game. And, you know, um, when we played them at home two years ago, it felt like we wanted it more and we beat them 2-0. And even uh, this season, the the 1-0 felt like we wanted it more and we we snatched the victory from them in in what was quite a tight game. We didn't look at all up for it compared to them. And yes, they've got this weird kind of, they've decided where they're rivals now, which is really strange. And yeah, they need to get over that. But they also, we... um, like I said before, we'd won two, drawn one of the last four. You know, they actually needed to beat us because we were becoming a bit of a bogey team for them. So they absolutely were more motivated for this than than we were, which is weird. The funny thing is, like, we don't really have any rivals in this league, do we? So we don't have any games <laughs> where we get really up for it. Man, you a little bit. We always Maybe, get up for yeah. those games. But generally speaking, we don't have anyone that we think, oh, we really want to do these. Whereas Arsenal have decided that we're that team for them now. Um we need that. We need fixtures that are a bit spicy to get us up for it because this definitely benefited them. They were up for it and we didn't know what to do because they just came at us and they were on it. Like it wasn't just the kind of intensity in the pressing. Their passing was really crisp and accurate. It was really killer. Like we just, when we lost the ball, five or six passes between Arsenal players and they were just in, they, they'd cut out half our team and it was really accurate, really quick, really like dangerous. Whereas when we got the ball, we struggled to find Newcastle players and that I put that a little bit down to motivation, a little bit down to confidence. But when the... When the intensity is so far, like so far apart from two teams, it just became what that first half was, which felt like an Arsenal training exercise. Like, how many goals can they score, and how many times can they get in? Because we were just like, it's like we've been set up, like just try and see what see what happens, lads. You play in your own half. You're not allowed out your own half, and it was just it was so weird to watch and so un Eddie Howe like. Yeah, I mean, it, for me, I, th- I think it's kind of the point you're getting at is it's the aggression factors doesn't mm. seem to be there. Does aggression's it maybe the word I wanted? Yeah. Um, and if you look at the personnel, I mean, we're missing some huge characters in in Joe Linton's probably the main one who just goes around and just smashes into everyone <laughs> and everything, and and is just an absolute menace and does not give a fuck. Um, like he's he is a huge miss and a huge character within within the team. Um, and I think if you look at kind of, I mean, we'll we'll get onto it, but I suppose Byrne is another player, and and I know I'm not kind of saying he, um, <laughs> kind of saying he, he should be playing from now on, but. Um, he is a player that will kind of rough teams up and, and show a bit of physicality. Shaw and Botman are those players, but just couldn't get near anyone uh, for, for numerous reasons. And even Bot, uh, even Bruno has a bit of that in him, but obviously is, haven't he's been told been by careful. absolute no <laughs> circumstances, put any tackles in whatsoever. Yeah. So you end up with, with the likes of a, a young Tino coming in. <coughs> um, and I, I thought he, he, he did okay. Um, but, in terms of the midfield, you've got 17-year-old Miley and, and Sean Longstaff who are, are nice lads. They're not the type of people that are going to... I mean, we've been crying about them not putting any tackles in. <laughs> like, D- Dodsey's having a sleepless night. Uh, <laughs> he was a, so a, a excited bat, at yeah. the beginning of the game because Miley put in two tackles. <laughs> yeah. It's like heart eyes. Exactly. Um, and, and yet they're not the type of players that you need to go into these kind of games um, to to get stuck into teams. And I, I think that's where we're, we're probably struggling a bit as well. I think Willock obviously came off the bench and, and we'll mm. get onto that, but I feel like he's got a bit about him, at least he'll, he'll kick players and stuff like that. So <laughs> we've got players coming back that, that can turn this around for us, but I think in this, as we are at the minute in this current situation, we just don't really have the personnel to play the type of football that Eddie Howe wants to do. And, and that is a big concern because he hasn't kind of tried to adapt or move away from that. So I think there's, there's questions around kind of what, what is the plan here? And, and we didn't see one against Arsenal, did we? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. But I, I, I've never said this about Eddie Howe, but it just seemed like he didn't have any sort of plan at all. And that is not Eddie Howe at all. I think You always feel like, regardless if we've got three days to prepare for a game or seven days to prepare for a game, you know what what the plan has been in the week. And there was no plan whatsoever. And that was really, really frustrating. I think there's been speculation whether we were going to play five at the back and Dan Byrne was going to be a third centre-half. Wouldn't have been against that with Tina being left back. Yeah. Um, whether or not that changed last minute, who knows? We we don't know. But I, I, again, it, it would have it would have at least made it a little bit more difficult for Arsenal, and it made it probably a little bit more easier for us because we would have had some sort of game plan to kind of um, go against Arsenal. But my the biggest concern I know we conceded from two set pieces for two completely different goals in terms of how it both went in the back of the net. 
but the second goal was the one that concerned me the most. No press. Jorginho was allowed the whole time to do whatever he wants. Botman doesn't see his man over his shoulder, and, and I think it, I, I can't remember who it was that played the pass now, but no one's watching Havertz. There's only one player Martinelli, in that box. Martinelli making the cross. Yeah. yeah. No one's watching. It's just really basic. It seemed like a really good good goal from an Arsenal point of view, but when you actually watch it back and you see what Newcastle were doing, it was just a case of, right, we'll just kind of see what happens a little bit. And that's not, it's just not an anyhow team and really, really poor for Newcastle in all departments. But that's probably the most surprising element. We were just nowhere near them. It wasn't even mm-hmm. like, yeah, we've been talking for weeks about like, can Miley and not Longstaff not just make a few tactical fouls and be a bit more aggressive and, and the, the aggression point. But we weren't anywhere near. We weren't even close enough to make a tackle, never mind make a foul. Like last year, I think um, in the nil-nil, we got like six or seven yellows. Like it yeah. was that kind of game. Not it's one crazy. player got booked last night. I don't I don't remember us making a tackle, never mind a foul. It was just, it just felt like we weren't, not, not, not only were we yards away from them, but we didn't seem that asked about being yards away from them. There was no desire to change that until maybe like the last 50 minutes when Willett came on. We finally found a little bit of energy at the at the most pointless time in the game when it's completely gone up four 0 But yeah, something really weird about that performance. It wasn't Eddie Howe like at all. And I totally agree, Johnny. I don't know what the plan was first half. Like, was it to sit in and, and hang on? Because yes, the the first goal was pretty unfortunate. It was a, a weird own goal and it bundled in off of three different Newcastle players. But you can't say it wasn't coming. Mm-hmm. Like we just we hadn't been out of our own box at that point. It was just Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal. So. It was the goal was coming eventually anyway. The, the way it came was wasn't orthodox, but I don't know what we were trying to do. And, and I'm sure Eddie Howe was as frustrated as we were watching because I'm sure that wasn't the plan. But I'd love him to tell us what it was. If I mean, it was to sit in, I just don't understand the team selection. Then, like yeah. that, that doesn't make any sense to me. But we will get into team selection in part two. Before we do that, does anybody want to make a positive case for this team? Um, Joe Willick coming back was a real positive. Mm. The goal was a really good goal. Yes. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> Wasn't it our first goal uh, at the Emirates in like 10 years? Yes, yes um, that's Paris. right. In the leagues. That's right. Um, yeah, Ridiculous. so that, that's nice. Um, also, they haven't conceded a goal at the Emirates in seven. They've scored 17 since they last conceded a goal. At the These Emirates. are all really positive. Loads, yeah. Loads of positives. We'll do a whole podcast on this. <laughs> I, I, I positives do, from the Arsenal game. Yeah, I, I do think Joe would have come back. You, you saw in just even the little bits that he came on. I know the game was stretched a little bit because we were... Obviously, it was already over by that point, but it was good to see him back. It was good to see him getting involved. And he d- and it was nice to see that, actually, I want to make an impact against my former club who are going for the title, who mm-hmm. actually, you know, I, I, can I try and almost try and get into that sort of conversation? It was really good to see him. We will need him in the next few games because there's no doubt that Bruno's going to get booked. And I, just one little thing on Bruno, even though he's still playing better than all, all our midfielders, you can still see he's a little bit off because he is scared. He's afraid to put that challenge in. Yeah. He doesn't want to be suspended for two games. I was almost at the point yesterday, go, do you know what? It might even just be the best thing. If one of those games is the FA Cup, just getting booked. So he kind of he kind of has that off off the back a little bit because I it's I don't think strange. it is though, is it? I think it's just league games, isn't it? I, I don't know. I, I just assumed it was if you get booked, you get suspended for the next two games. I don't yeah, know. I it's think just it's domestic. Oh, is it? Happened, yeah. Okay. So I just well, think, maybe that would have been the one. Yeah, I just think if you if that is the case, if one of the, one of the games is Blackburn, with the greatest respect, we should be beating Blackburn regardless of who's playing in that midfield. Then sacrifice it for just one Premier League. Game. I'm no longer confident. We've been talking about this so much because obviously we're going to say how important that Blackburn game is now. If we don't win that game, it's going to all hell's going to break loose, isn't it? There's going to be riots in the town. <laughs> There's going to be riots in the town. We'll leave it there for part one, I think, and get into team selection and individual performances for part two. If you're enjoying this and you don't want to hear adverts, you can join us on Patreon. It's between three and eight pounds a month. There's tons of additional content on there. Uh, including sort of the run-up to Blackburn. Si and Ben will be at Blackburn bringing you a match day uh, podcast or something like that from it. So please do think about joining us. <laughs> Surprise, you have to do that work. Um, so please do consider joining us on there. We'll be back after these messages. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Part two of the show, and we've kind of tried to make sense of what the plan was, if there was a plan. But if there was a plan, how did the team selection fit into it? Obviously, there were some changes made yesterday. We've all been calling for a change at that left-back position, and we saw Tino come in. Um, Isak was back, and we had a slightly stronger bench as well. Um, Ben, what did you make of it? Yeah, I thought, um, I mean, we've we've already kind of touched on it in in Pooh's part about the, it was an interesting um, game to to make that change in just in terms of I, th- I thought we would go five at the back and mm-hmm. and we we saw um how well that worked against Villa for example when kind of that game seemed to be turning um he made that sub to, to bring two on kept burn on and, and kind of <coughs> eyebrows were raised, I suppose at that point but it worked really well um and I thought this this might be a, a, a game where you, you can potentially do that I understand that they probably were thinking how we're going to get the ball out and things like that but I just think the, the state in the midfield at the minute, and I, I keep labouring the point, but it's it's just not a, a Premier League quality midfield, especially to go away in where uh, an environment like 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 the Emirates, where they've they've got high press and everything. That was probably the game to to kind of try something a little bit different. And if we, as we say, I mean, we saw what we got last night. We we got hammered four one, and um, it wasn't pretty to to kind of stick with with that approach when we don't really have the personnel to do it. I think is. It's starting to, to grind a bit and, and get a bit frustrating because, we, as I say, we've, we've, we've seen this kind of type of performance a few times. And um, that Liverpool game, for example, um, we had the same issue where we were trying to play the ball at the back and we just couldn't get the ball into the midfield or into the attack and, and kind of get out. And um, what we ended up doing in that was was going long to Dan Byrne, <laughs> putting <laughs> Dan Byrne up on Trent Alexander-Arnold and, and <laughs> going and winning some headers. And it actually did get us out at, a couple of times. Um, obviously, we didn't have that... Um, yesterday with, with, with the Tino coming in. I think T- Tino's performance, just quickly touch on that, I, I thought he did solid, obviously. He, he gets beaten for, I think it's the third goal for Saka. Um, I mean, let, let's give them a little bit of credit. Three cheers for Saka. Um, no. They are very good players. Like, he's going to beat, uh, he's, he's going to get beat his man once or twice. The frustrating thing for me was that the, we had three players around him at that mm. point and nobody else helps. That happened several times. Them. And it, it's, it's a point, I think, I'll, when it goes back to the point you were making about the midfield and about what the plan was and stuff, you look at Longstaff, Miley and Bruno and they, they kind of sit in a three constantly. And I saw it a number of times where Declan Rice <laughs> turned himself into like a number 10 last night for because he was allowed to basically. And he would just run off the midfield and go and literally sit in, in between Shaw and yeah. uh, Trippier. Martinelli would kind of hug the, the touchline and Trippier basically had two players and it was like, what do I do here? Miggy was nowhere to be seen and, and Longstaff was no, nowhere to be seen. They just weren't paying any attention to players running in behind them and I, I just thought that was really, really bizarre. So, again, for me, I think when you're talking about the team position, uh, team um, selection. selection, sorry, um, like with that that is a massive need that we need someone that's got a little bit of <laughs> bit of nose in the head to actually think, oh, should I go and mark that that really good player that's worth 100, 100 million that's just run behind us? 
But I, I, do, I just think it's it's one of those things. What It'll be interesting. I'd love to know what the plan is there in terms of why we're keeping that kind of rigid three in a line because they don't put any pressure on the ball. I mean, we said it. Jorginho had the, the the freedom at the Emirates last night. He literally, I don't, didn't, I can't remember anyone really going and kind of putting him under any pressure. And he is that's probably his strength is that he's a great passer of the ball, and it, he just had so much space to pick. So, yeah, it was a it was a frustrating setup, I think, and and obviously the the, the change that we made didn't really help to kind of stem any of what they did to us. So, yeah, it didn't really work. In terms of um, the change, before we get into individuals, and I guess we were t- t- touching on individuals, Johnny, we brought Tino in. It's a, it's a change a lot of people have been calling for, as I said. Put Tino in left back, bring Dan Byrne off for a bit. Do you think this was the f- the fairest game to put him to, to sort of... I mean, people have been calling it f- for it for, like, games ago, not the big game against Arsenal where they're obviously, like, smelling blood. Yeah, look, I think it was a lose-lose for Tino, really, because... <laughs> Do, I, do, do you want to be on the bench or do you want to be starting against Arsenal, who are in obviously great Premier League form, as we've mentioned? I, 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 it was the for me, it was the right decision. Okay. Dan Byrne had to come out of the team, and I, I'm a big Dan Byrne admirer. But we, we, he, he was just getting, he just gets beat so easily, and like you say, people can just turn and get past him so easily. And for someone like Saka, who has got the pace, who was on, who was in form, we had to match him. And I, I say, look. I thought Tino did alright. I thought he was the best of a bad bunch yesterday in defence. I don't think he was. I don't think he was brilliant by any stretch, but he had his moments. But I, I just felt that something had to be changed. I actually think five at the back would have been the right thing to do yesterday, yeah. and I said that a, a couple of times. But I think we were all expecting that. Yeah, I think we were. But I, I, I just in the back of my mind, I kept on saying, <laughs> saying "When has Eddie Howe ever gone five at the back?" I said, even when we had like Kieran Clark and. Federico Fernandez against Man City. He was still playing four at the back. Like he wasn't. He, he basically said, "Look, I'm not doing that unless it's something I, I think will that will win us the game." So I, I don't think he wanted to give that level of respect to Arsenal, which I admire in a, in a way. But it's the, the, I, I don't disagree with Tino starting. I just thought the biggest issue was the midfield, and I think Ben's talked about it brilliant on on it, uh, brilliantly about it. But it just feels like our midfield is just so close. Mm. One pass, that's it. They're all out of the game, and it just it comes straight to our defense, and we're like. Okay, let's see what happens. But yeah, in terms of the actual question, Charlotte, no, Tino had to start, and I think he has to continue to start playing games with Blackburn being next. The, the weirdest thing about the Tino situation is that we don't know much about him defensively, do we? Because he's always come off the bench mm. when almost when we need a goal, he's been brought on as an attacking fullback, or even been played like right wing or right right forward. Like it's just we don't know whether he's the, a better defender than Dan Byrne, really. Um, we, we know that we he's, he's quicker and probably a bit more bit more mobile, but. Yeah, it was a weird one to bring him into a game where he's going to have to do loads of defending and he's not really going to be an outlet because we're never going to get our full-backs past the halfway line in this game. Um, you're right, I think he did fine. Um, yeah, he got done by Saka. Um, you know, Dan Byrne managed to get as a clean sheet up against Saka last year, but he also got done a couple of times and, and you know, just didn't score. Um, yeah, the, the, the weirdest thing to do now would be just to switch back. If you're going to do it, do it for a few games, mm. see, see how that gets you, gets you, and we don't know if that's if that's going to happen. But I totally agree, Johnny, really. Um when we talk about the defence and the, 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 the back four, which includes Dan Byrne from last season, that, that was the best defence in the league, it's it's we're probably oversimplifying the, the, the defence um, as, as a whole because if you keep a clean sheet, you keep a clean sheet as a team, it's just as important that the midfield did their jobs and the front three did their jobs. And uh, last season was all about winning the ball much higher up the pitch and as the defence was playing 20 yards higher than it has been for the majority of the season. So that back four suddenly looks like the worst defence in the league. I think we've conceded like the fifth most or sixth most in the league now which is shocking, and I know Botman and... We've um, conceded more than any other side, apart from Forrest and... Um, bottom three, isn't it, I think? Yeah, the bottom yeah. three. And the bottom three, yeah, yeah. so fifth or sixth. Um, so fifth. the... <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, We're fifth so, in something. <laughs> so b- because the other areas of the pitch aren't working as well, uh, we, we suddenly don't have a good defence, and it's the same players. And yeah, all right, Shares a year older, Burns a year older, and Botman, um, with an injury this season, just doesn't look the same player, and I guess someone might talk about him um, because of... The real concerns I have on Botman, actually. But, um, yeah, that midfield in front of them, and I thought this was one of Longstaff's worst games, but as as a three, and we've talked about this for weeks and weeks and weeks, how they don't really make tackles. Bruno can't make tackles. Um, but they're just not physical. Uh, Miley, is, he's, he's great, and he, he looks like a real breath of fresh air on the ball and, and has some great confidence to, to make passes and do things. But he's so small. He's not physical. You know, even Elliot Anderson who started the season looking like John Cena, he'd really bulked up. And he would probably <laughs> offer us a little bit more in terms of physicality in the absence of Joe Linton, who we miss dearly. Um, but 
I can't believe that after six weeks of this, that Longstaff and Miley still don't make tackles. Still, I mean, Miley made a couple, but yeah, you know, we, we didn't make any fouls. And yeah, Longstaff's looking worse and worse each week. And everyone knows how much I, I love him as a player, and and I think he's offered us a lot. But when there's no, when he's starting every game and he's got no danger of being subbed off, That's um, it. we're not just not getting the best out of him. So the fact that Willock's back and he's got someone breathing down his neck again potentially is probably a good thing for Longstaff. I think he needs a bit of a break from the team. We are saying that, you know, one game a week fatigue shouldn't be an, a, an issue anymore. But that three midfield has played every single game since, I don't know, mid-December, pretty much. That does, even just in terms of if things aren't working, you've got to change it. But we haven't been able to change it. We've just had to go and line up the exact same way each time. It was really easy for Arsenal to prepare for. I think they knew exactly what they were going to get out of our midfield, that they were going to sit in that kind of line in front of the defence. Because, you know, before Christmas, the gap was too big. After Christmas, they're so deep that... The midfield just have the the run of the park up to pretty much the you know the last twenty five yards, so it was so easy to play against in that sense. But yeah, um, the the, the performances we get out of Longstaff last season were were totally different because he had other players around him and we were playing so much higher up the pitch that him harrying players and and closing down and doing stuff on the halfway line or higher was perfect. It was what we needed. Whereas Longstaff in front of your own box, where you then need also the quality to get us forward, and the amount of times he got the ball and just passed it out of play or passed it to to nobody and I'm not trying to get at him I'm just saying it doesn't work in these games and it doesn't work when we're playing the way we are and when we're kind of lacking confidence and not getting out of our own team so I'm you're getting in there early with the long stuff I know I know um so yeah I, I think the problems we have defensively are just as much about what's happening in front of the defense as it is the actual personnel in defense I agree and I think it's very big of you to sigh because Sai obviously is a long stuff evangelist um the to to kind of bring that up and and we were did want to talk about Longstaff and I do want to talk about the defense so Longstaff is ticked but I'm going to take it back because yes you are right it's a whole team sport and it's it's also what's behind the defense we have we have Dubrovka and Karius Karius played just didn't yeah, think he was the equipment season's not great is yeah it? it's it's not it's not the best uh it's not the best you don't create cohesion all of that stuff I didn't think Karius was bad yesterday I actually thought he made some really good saves but um Arsenal are just are just very good, very very attack minded uh, team. But I do want to talk about Sven Botman. I think we have to talk about yeah. Sven Botman because yesterday, for a few games now, he's looked slightly off the pace. He's probably about a yard off where he was this time last season. Um, there are rumours that uh, the ACL injury that he got then played on for two games, um, which is insane. Um, that there was that there were rumours all over the place that that. There was a bit of a rift. Some people in the club saying this guy needs surgery, and some people in the club saying absolutely not. Um, we we can rest it. It's not a tear, so it's not you know rest or fix it. And it took ages for him to come back. And obviously, Lascelles came in and 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 Cher and Lascelles managed um, okay in his absence. But he has come back, and he is not the player that he was. Mm. Um, last season, he lo- his his confidence looks all over the place. It's not just the it's not just the physical presence. It's like mentally, I I don't. Th- he's not making the right um, decisions on the pitch. He's making bad passes. Yesterday, yesterday that that first goal, that own which is attributed to Sven Botman, the, the own goal. Um, if you watch it, Carius does make a save. That they're, they're all kind of clustered around the goal. He does try to clear it. I understand he's not trying to score the goal, but if if it was just let go um we'd have been able to clear it slightly further ahead of the goal but instead it goes off his knee into the goal and then after that it just felt like he was just all over the place for me I don't know what the answer is I I don't think the answer is starting Lascelles ahead of Botman (laughs) because Botman's still technically a better footballer than Lascelles but it was it, it, he was a nightmare yesterday, and, and I've I've got to attribute it to not being fully fit. I, like that's the only thing in in my head. I, I can't I can't believe that a world class footballer is suddenly a bit shit. Like it doesn't just happen like that. Not going to me either. I, was, I mean, players a lot have bad games, aren't they? I mean, let let's be pragmatic about it. I suppose the the, the issue is, I, I guess it, it is the team. As you said, the team makeup will have a big impact on on certain players. I mean, if you look at, at we've already said that there's no press from the front three, um, so the midfield can't get into that press and, and kind of get involved, in, and that's kind of a, a a dual thing in terms of the front three can't press if the midfield aren't there. Um, obviously, as a result, then the, the, the defense can't push up, and then you, as you say, you've got your third keeper who 
they're, they're probably like, how the fuck? Like, we don't know what he's going <laughs> to do. Like, <laughs> d- does he play Sweet Bear? I mean, Dubravka doesn't. We know that. Yeah. So it took them a little bit to kind of get used to the fact that he isn't going to come and get the balls that go in behind them. So I think it's just all this upheaval in terms of we had a, we were so good last season because we had a set team. We had Nick Pope that literally any, any ball over the top in our half, he would come for. Mm-hmm. Like, it worked most times. Mm. A couple of instances where it didn't. <laughs> we won't talk about them. Um, still have nightmares over them. But, um, like, you, you knew what you were getting. So the, the, there was confidence there in that. You didn't have to deal with, with certain things. And, and I think that's where Shaw and Botman aren't, aren't the quickest, but they knew with Pope that anything over the top, Pope is probably going to get there and, and kind of it just takes a bit of weight off them and, and it gives them the confidence that they pretty much just have to almost like kind of concentrate on looking forward. So I think in terms of um, Botman's ability on the ball and, and, and things like that, there's, there's a few elements to it. Obviously, he, he needs people to pass to and when you've got people that are hiding behind players or, or don't want the ball or, or just can't get the space because the other team are just up for it more, um, again, that it looked bad on on Botman and Chart. I think it was the worst they looked for a while, but it wasn't. I don't think it was just down to them having bad games. I just think what what were they expected to do? There was a couple of times I think they were trying to play it out, and, and Carriage was like, "Fuck this," <laughs> and just launched it and, and give the ball back to Arsenal. But it was probably the right thing to do. Yeah. yeah. And I just don't think there was enough players. Kind of so, some of the balls that we lost in in our own third, you just like, what did you think was going to happen there? Um, but obviously they've been told we need to try and play out this way. And, and I think that they're trying to kind of gain their own confidence, but I just think it comes down to we just don't have the personnel with the ability to play like that. And that, again, I suppose goes back to the the how thing for me is that it just seems madness to keep trying to play this type of football when <laughs> we've not been able to do it against Forrest, um, Bournemouth and, and Luton at home. So are we really going to go and try and do that to the uh, to Arsenal at the Emirates? It, it's just... Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me when we've seen a struggle with it. And yes, I, I think the other thing is, I suppose, is that you would have thought we'd be getting a bit better at it, at least. We've, we've been told that now we haven't got the two games a week, they're able to do training, they're able to work on these things. Um, but we're just not seeing improvements in the things that I thought we should do. And it, it comes back to your point about surely by now, Longstaff and, and Miley at least be putting some tackles in or been told to kind of get stuck in or whatever. And we're just not seeing it. So yeah, it's it's a frustrating period. Um, maybe it's just not that game and they can't do it fine but um, I suppose the, the one shining light is that we do have players come back so Willick obviously is, is massive um, we just need to pray that Bruno kind of can continue getting through these games and, and just hope someone else can come back in, in the midfield but uh, yeah it's, it's it's a tough watch at the minute isn't it I think the biggest thing with Botman is that his biggest or his best attribute rather is the reading of his the reading of the game right he's one step ahead or two steps ahead depending on who he's playing against and yesterday he was two steps behind. Yeah, this <laughs> and, is exactly it. And Head I, didn't look at it. No, it, it really didn't. And uh, look, I, I know Tino gets done for the third goal, but Botman makes a pass. Who I don't know where he's passing it to. No one wants the ball, but he just goes, "I'm going to pass it anyway." And that's where Arsenal get their get their joy. And obviously, that's where Saka gets the goal. I, I think there's more to it that meets the eye with this particular injury, and I'm really, really disappointed because that that should have been sorted a long time ago. Now, whoever's made that decision, only. I think it, it almost comes out of the players. I don't think the players should really ultimately make that decision. You've got if you've got people that are paid to do this particular sort of work, whoever's the most experienced or the head of that department. I know that person's not there anymore, but they've got to make that decision. And if they think surgery's the right decision, whether we like that or not, if they believe with all the information they've got, they've got to go with that decision. And I think that whether that's the right or wrong decision, we'll know in the summer because he's going to keep on playing until the summer yeah. unless an injury gets that bad. We'll have to leave it there for part two. Um, plenty more of this uh, kind of analysis on our review show on Patreon. Please do join us there. It's between three and eight pounds a month. You also get this podcast ad free at the lowest tier there. So if you really loathe listening to these adverts, you can join us on Patreon and they won't be there. Uh, we'll be back for part three to discuss kind of the reaction from the team, the management and the ownership really. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. part three of the show and uh we've kind of touched on it a little bit about eddie howe like what was the plan how does he feel about it and eddie howe is of course a master of masking any kind of truth about the players about himself about anything so it's hard to say but he did find it hard i think to mask his furiosity after the game his face on the interviews post-match yeah it's a weird I've made it. I've made it a weird. Um, his face in the post-match interviews belied a very, very angry man. He looked very frustrated. He said mentally we weren't there. He didn't really know what was going on. Um, he talked about um, the halftime team talk that he, you know, he has to strike a balance in the halftime team talk, not just to slag them all off and be like, "What the fuck was that?" But also, you know, give them the instruction for. Um, for the second half and obviously we came out in the second half slightly better certainly able to press a little bit more even without any changes which just pisses me off even more because we could have done that from the outset with that set of players but I I, I guess Sai I'll come to you kind of what would have what what would have pleased you what what brings you know these these press conferences frustrate people I think because so little is actually said was there anything that he could have come out and said that would have made that okay i mean i think we've, we've known eddie Howe long enough now to know that he's never really going to say anything um worth reacting to in his press conferences yeah he, he was a bit more um emotional i would say yesterday and rightly so because the performance was poor and as we've discussed it was more about the intensity and desire than it was about tactical awareness or the way we played it was more just, just they wanted it more um i try not to get um, tied up in anything he says uh, it's far more important what he says to the players and mm. what he says to the players is behind closed doors and as long as that's those conversations are direct and, and address problems then then that's fine um it is it is getting more and more frustrating and um you know the the, the, the reaction from the club to these games of well we'll we'll, we'll you know it's fine we'll, we'll move on and we'll, we'll get past this and we'll come back stronger um probably the right attitude to have because we've got um, a chance to make up for this in two days time against Blackburn in the cup, we've got in the quarterfinals, and then we've got Wolves at home next week. If we win that game, this game will be qu- quickly forgotten, I hope. Uh, we don't want to dwell on it too long. Arsenal fans um, will, of course, never forget it because yeah. they're um, And I, I get his frustration because we that's as bad as we've played. The first half was was poor, and, and I hope they did get a bollocking of some description at half time because, it, it, you know, even if we didn't think we were set up right, the, the, the effort was, was shocking. Mm. It was shocking. Um, but I. I don't want to get too carried away with with losing to Arsenal. I think um, if you want to spin this into a positive, the rest of the season we've played the top five away from home now. Um, you know that's that's there are no more games like this to worry about. The rest of the games, and yeah, we have to get back into some sort of form to win enough of these games. But I think this team, even with its issues this season, can and should win most of the games we have left, uh, or at least more wins than defeats, um, enough to kind of keep us in the right part of the table to to give the rest of the season a go. So in that sense, we can just sort of say, we'll pick ourselves up and, and to, to coin a phrase by a, a previous manager, dust ourselves up, roll our sleeves up, mm. all those things. It's okay to say them because, I, t- I t- you know, like I say, I don't want to see our manager coming out and, and, you know, hammering his own team. That's not the way we are at the moment. It's not, you know, the, the last manager was quick to throw anyone under the bus and, and blame everyone but himself. Uh, I think... And whilst Howe wasn't taking direct responsibility, I think he was basically admitting that wasn't good enough. And that, you know, I'm sure some people would be pleased he's done that. But looking forward, I think you have to have that attitude. Yeah, you, there's no point in saying that was crap. Where do we go from here? You can say that wasn't, a, we weren't good enough, but we will fix it. And that's the attitude I hope that they have. And they'll be presumably on the training ground today addressing things the problem i've got with that is that that has been the message for the last few games mm. it wasn't good enough but we'll we'll fix it when when are you going to do that like 
in the summer because if it keeps going this way i think this has implications for our summer it has implications for our players that are here and the players that we might want to bring in it's i know that we were able to attract some really interesting talent when we were right at the bottom of the table but we were also right at the bottom of or top or however you want to look at it of a really exciting project and you could sell the project well we're two years into it now and at what like at what point does bruno say you know what like lovely people lovely city but i want to play elite football and this is not any more elite football yeah that's a really good point i think that's the problem isn't it i think that's why this has got a hundred million pound release clause isn't it so we're, so the club is is essentially in a strong position with that I, I, look, I, we need improvements and we need improvements quickly i think the blackburn game is actually the perfect game for that because we'll go in there as favorites we go in there wanting to get into the quarterfinals for a competition but apart from the one time under steve bruce and COVID, we haven't really done well in since mm. probably the bobby days if we're being honest um so it is it is a game that you can just go in there win the game get a bit obviously get a few smiles a few smiles off people's faces but ultimately it doesn't get any easier with the premier league fixtures it's wolves and chelsea next and they're two teams that are kind of where we are right now i think if wolves win today against sheffield united they'll go above us so it, it just tells you that's mm. the, the sort of level where we're at right now but i do feel that We've mentioned Joe Willock, him come back in if he can get a run of games again, put a pressure on the likes of Longstaff, might even take a Miley out of the equation because a 17-year-old lad shouldn't be playing as many games as he has been doing. But I'm not saying there's pressure on Eddie Howe right now, but there will become a question tactically going, come on, we've given you a few games now. When are you going to sort this and how long do we as fans give him? But he's got so much credit in the bank mm. and he's done so well since he's been through the door. I just think this is the first time since he started being Newcastle United manager that you go, right, come on, prove to us prove to us you can get us out of this little rut if you like i think i mean he, we've had kind of runs like this i mean remember last season when we, it was around this time that we hit a similar run in terms of i think we went like eight or nine games without a win didn't we and um it looked looked tough and, and we turned that around and, and went on a ridiculous run at the end so i i, I, I kind of I, I i know what you're saying johnny and i think I don't think he needs to prove anything to it because I think he has done it before. But I suppose the frustration is, is that why, like, how long is it going to take <coughs> to kind of fix what, what's going on? What it. is it going to take? And are you able to fix it? I mean, ultimately, if it's just that we've got to wait till the good lads come back, then that that's not great because it's basically right off the season. I mean, I think yesterday will have embarrassed him more than anything. And I think that's probably the frustration. And I hope they all feel embarrassed because, as we say, that first 45 was... We just didn't look like a Premier League team. I mean, that that was like watching an FA Cup game where it's it's like a, a minnow's coming up against kind of one of the big teams. We we just couldn't get near them. So I I, I do hope the players kind of use this. At, and we've talked about a lack of aggression and various other things, but they they need to kind of develop this like almost. I don't want to be embarrassed like that again. And I suppose for for how I mean, it'll not be a good look for for his prospects as well. I mean, obviously there's a. I don't think it's something any of the fans talk about, but there's a lot of talk in the media about he's um, he's just here for kind of this part of the project and, and that they'll, they'll look to upgrade or whatever. Well, I think this this is kind of where that question, you could make a point to that. I, I don't personally believe that, but playing devil's advocate, as I say, we've we've not laid a glove on any of the top teams in, in these away games. And, and that's where if, if we were going, I mean, last season we were going away to teams and, and at least kind of having a better go obviously you, you said yourself so we got that point last season yes it wasn't wasn't pretty but we, we fought for it yeah, yeah. yeah we fought for it and got something from it and we've just not been able to do that this season so um it's it's a tricky one i think just quickly touching on kind of what you said as well about the prospects of players coming in i mean ultimately we, we had the money then to kind that's of throw it there and we don't really have it now and, and that's a, another conversation for another podcast but it does make things more difficult because um we're saying we need to upgrade all these players, but we, we haven't really got the finances to do at this point. So it's going to be a really, it is going to be a huge summer. It'll be interesting to see what we're able to do. Obviously, we know, we've, they've said it a million times now, we're, we're going to have to see some people go, but um, it kind of does, it, it'll be interesting to see what they make up with the side. I think what we're seeing now is, is that there is some clear weak links in the squad and it's whether we're able to kind of move them on and, and get suitable upgrades. So um, yeah, it'll be really interesting kind of, ultimately players are playing for their, their futures now yeah. and I think that's the way it should always be but more than ever 
um, there's a few players now that, that need to start putting in some proper performances and, and that was not it yesterday. Um, so let's hope they, they take take heed of that. I mean, trying to reflect a bit more positively on the thing, against yes. the same top five last season, we got three point, uh, five points. We've got three this season because uh, we beat Villa. Um, and Ben, you and I were there last year and we got a hammer in that game, like swings and roundabouts mm. in some respect, like some of these teams are, are much better this season. And actually the top three this season are, are streets ahead of the rest of the league, whereas last season it was far more open. There was a top two, I suppose. But um, in that sense, yeah, it's it's not it's not the be all end all. But um, I think I just, the, the Eddie Howe question and, and whether or not we can improve on it, we, we, we've we've spent most of the season talking about the mitigations and I think mm. they are still valid. We've spent this podcast now talking about the fact that we've got a third choice goalkeeper net. Sven Botman's not fully fit and we've got a midfielder who's had to play every game since the middle of December. And we, Alexander Vizak's just come back from injury again, you know, a, a, a one fit striker who couldn't complete 90 minutes. There are still, Anthony Gordon's played far too many minutes mm. this season and he continues to have to play not only every minute of the game, but in two positions. Like, the, the, we want the team to do better and we want the team to be where they were last season but we've plus had problems to face for every single game and Eddie Howe has still got us in a respectable position in the league I would say mm-hmm. and we're still doing okay in the Cups and I think every time this question comes up you've just got to remember like it's been a fucking brutal season and all the things that have been thrown at us and we're still doing okay and yeah we're probably not going to um, hit the form of last season we're probably not going to finish as strong as we did last year and get like eight wins out of nine or whatever it was that got us in the Champions League it's not going to happen because we haven't got the the players or the momentum to do that and we have to be okay with it because it's just been so unprecedented and yes the, there is an argument that the excuses are wearing thin but the, the excuses are valid yeah. <laughs> to an extent and I think when when these questions have been asked in the media they're, they're probably sitting in the training and going oh come on lads like it's been a really hard season for so many reasons and we, we, we knew it was going to be hard Daniel said at the start of the season this is going to be a much harder season yeah. and we all are preparing for that and I hope that they appreciate it Um and that there is work to do, but I, I, I'm positive in the fact that we're doing okay considering what we've had to deal with this season. A little perspective to end the podcast there. I'm very, and from Sai, <laughs> <laughs> um, we will leave it there. Still so much to talk about. Of course, we'll get a review, full review podcast out on our Patreon platform. Please do join us there. Thank you so much, Ben, Sai, and I looked at you, but you're Sai. Sai, Ben, and Johnny for joining me this morning to talk about last night's game. We will be back after Blackburn, hopefully as we progress in the cup. Um, thank you so much for listening. Take care. This podcast is brought to you by Aspers Casino Newcastle, home of the Mags £4 pint, available on all draft beers for all NUFC home and televised games, 12pm to 12am. Over 18s only, visit begamblerware.org, be drink aware. For details and T's and C's, visit aspersnewcastle.co.uk. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.